Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mom Boss Chronicles. Today, we have a special guest with us, my husband, Gary Mawson. And Gary is here to talk to us about investing in real estate. Gary has been investing in real estate for, oh gosh, over 10 years, right? Over 10 years, yeah. Yeah, he's done everything from flipping homes to buying rental properties to Airbnb to doing like pretty much new construction stuff, so... Well, it's not just me, it's we. So, I mean, Jennifer is involved in this too. We. Well, yeah, as long as I've known you, you have Gary and I. So, to give everyone some background, Gary and I met in college. So, we, uh, he graduated with an economics degree, I graduated with history, and then he got into real, uh, mortgages. Yeah, so I, I grew up in South Jersey, and Jennifer and I met at Rowan University, and we. When we came out of college, there was really not much of a job market. I was working in mortgages. Uh, I did that for three and a half years. And we I was working in Tom's River. I took a job. The, the job market was just terrible when we got out of college. So it, it was pretty much whatever we could get at that point. And uh, I was working in the mortgage industry and didn't really love that. And we decided to buy a house in Jackson. That was kind of probably the first adventure into investing. Even though it was a, our own property that we were going to live in, it still needed work. We bought a foreclosure. I remember we were 24 years old and I wanted to rent. <laughs> I was like, why, don't we, why are we renting? Can we just rent? But you did not want to rent. No, I think that was really probably my mom in my head just telling me to just keep – she's like, just buy something. Don't rent. Don't rent. But she wanted me to buy like that new construction home that didn't need any work. And, <laughs> We could just move into, and now, yeah. Yeah. 20 years later, I see – what's that? At least she got you to buy something. Yeah. She did get me to buy <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> and we bought that property. It was a foreclosure. Foreclosure. Mm -hmm. It didn't need a ton of work. We And we were 24 at the time, so we didn't really need a whole That's lot. huge for 24-year-olds to yeah. buy a house. Yeah. yeah. Were you scared? I mean, like <laughs> – <laughs> I was. I mean, because we were literally – we're 24, so we don't have a lot of income. We were – I remember counting every dollar. Like we had to paint ourselves, we yeah. did the floors ourselves. But uh, like, right? A common misconception people have: you need twenty percent. Mm -hmm. Did you have twenty percent to put down? Good question. <laughs> no, I I don't remember what kind of mortgage. Yeah. I think so we like, did five percent. So you started, but you like you started. You know what I'm saying? Even if you didn't have twenty percent, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. And I scraped together the rest of the money to for renovations and all that, and we did a lot of the work ourselves. I, I had friends that came in and helped with floors and, and beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I know my my parents bought appliances oh, yeah. for us, uh -huh. and uh, I think my grandmother gave us a little bit of money for that for just some other stuff. That's but awesome. uh, you know, everybody helped out a little bit. I mean, it really does take a take a village to do all all these different types of things. So, I mean, any help that you can get along the way, even just to start off, is always uh, beneficial. And we had to keep the original uh, kitchen. Like, we couldn't renovate. Like, so back then, mm -hmm. it was just like, let's paint the walls. Let's make the floor look good. We're going to keep the bathroom and kitchen. Mm -hmm. Was that like old 80s yeah. Uh, yeah. laminate? But we did the best we could. <laughs> but that was our first adventure. So why? Why did you want to keep investing in real estate? Like, what, what motivated you or why? Um, I just liked it. Uh, what motivated me, I, I really guess it was just when I – 
went into college, I kind of always just knew I didn't really want to work for anybody else. And I was just really motivated to be my own boss. And that was, I think, my biggest motivation was just never to have to work for anybody else. So I, I guess I really just liked real estate in general. I saw the potential and wanted to keep going with it. So we, uh, I don't know, we just kept doing it. I mean, from there, we, not everything's a great story, like a happy story with yeah, a happy ending. Yeah, but that's ending. okay, because we've been doing this since 08. So 08 is when we bought the condo in Jackson? We bought the condo in Jackson in, in 07. 07, okay. And uh, we actually leveraged that. We took a home equity line of credit, which is is like getting a credit card against your mm-hmm. home. And we actually bought two other houses. So we bought a home in Lenoka Harbor, which went really smooth. It was we, a flip. We flipped that property. Made we money. made some money on it. And then uh, we bought a home in in Bayonne, and it went disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> the market, so at this time, the market is going down. We bought it, and the values are going down. Yep. So we were caught in a bad time. I think ultimately, we, I would say we probably didn't look at the numbers, right? I don't think you looked at the numbers too closely to see what the values. No, were. and I was tied to a profit. I really wanted to make a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. and like, and I would tell other people that right now that it's just list it for a good price and sell it quickly. Don't don't right. keep your don't like wait for that and try and like stretch out the value as much as you possibly can because you're not always going to get it. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at the numbers. Yeah, so I was, I think, uh, was made probably a little naive at the time, and we just kind of got caught in a sunken ship. And we had to short sell that. We short sold that house, and because I was a lot of my money was tied up in that one, uh, we ended up short selling the condo as well, which we don't really talk about too much. <laughs> yeah, but. but I mean, I was honestly at peace with that because. I'm grateful that we've invested it, but it was in a location that I wasn't loving. Yeah. The condo was in um, a remote location in New Jersey, and I didn't want to live there anymore. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, well, if we have to move, we have to short sale it. I was okay with it. Were you okay with it? Mm-hmm. I just want to because back up something real quick. You guys are young. How did you know? Because you were in the mortgage company. Like, how did you know to do a HELOC? Good question. I, thought, I don't think like a 24. I don't even yeah. think a 40 yeah. year old. Right. <laughs> that, you know, like know. how how did you come up like no to take to leverage equity in your house? You know, so, yeah, a lot of it came from learning from the mortgage industry. Yeah. We when when I was in the mortgage company, the 8020 loan was really popular. And What's basically that? what that is, is you would take 80 uh, percent. It would be an 80% first mortgage and then a 20% home equity line of credit, whether it was fixed or the floating kind. And you would use that 20% as the down payment. And the mortgage companies were allowing this. Wow. They were giving you 100% financing so on it. So you didn't have to come up with money down. No. Wow. If you had the credit, they would give you the 100%. give you the loan no matter what. It was really easy to get financing. Wow. And people did this all the time. So it was easy to, I really understood that part of it. Mm-hmm. So going in and, and leveraging the property wasn't that big of a deal. And they didn't even come in and give me an appraisal on my house. They just did an automated value of the appraisal. They gave me more money than what my house is worth, which is crazy. You know, so all this probably right. led to the short oh, sale, yeah. right? So for people who don't know what a short sale is, it's when you owe more on the property than it's worth. Mm-hmm. And you want the bank to agree to basically take a hit on the property instead of foreclosing. And you and you want to sell it. Yeah. Yes. Because like the yes, time correct. came to sell in 2010 or wanting to move. In 2010, we want to move, but our mortgage was, you know, X and we couldn't sell it for that. Yeah. Right. So we had to sell it for less. And we had to, you know, negotiate with the bank and they accepted it and we were able to move it. I'm so happy because then we moved mm-hmm. to the shore. 
I mean, everything happens, happens for, for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And your, like, all these experiences really led up to where we're at today. Well, Bayonne was probably, like, I mean, it was probably really tough, but it was probably such a really great learning. lesson, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. learning. I just know I'll never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> never do what, though? <laughs> what was the lesson there? It's. Due diligence, maybe? Did you not really know the market up there? I didn't know the market well enough. I didn't know what I was doing on that one. And, yeah, just knowing your numbers, Mm -hmm. being really confident in what you can sell the property for, what you're purchasing it for, Mm -hmm. what your your renovation renovation money is. I just – there was a lot of different factors in that one. I think you just rushed to that decision, right? mm -hmm. Yeah, because you wanted to invest so bad. Right. So you wanted to invest so bad, you're like, I'll take that Mm -hmm. without being like, what am I taking? Right. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. And uh, and honestly, I think we handled it really well. We were, you know, still in our 20s at that point. But we were just like, yeah, we didn't have kids. We moved to the shore. We lived in a really cute rental. It's a good time to be Avon. Yeah. So it was was fine. But it's crazy because how many years went by before we bought another home? Um, so we short, we short sold that property and I'll never forget this. So it closed the week before Hurricane Sandy hit mm-hmm. or Superstorm Sandy. So it, it was like, oh my God, like, thank God that thing's gone. <laughs> Hurricane's coming up the shore. The, it was, the condo was fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, the condo had already sold a Bayonne. Oh, Bayonne. But that was okay yeah, too, right? It. Or did it get it? No. Well, but I mean, depending th- on where it was. That property was at the height, like it was at the top Up-down. of the street. So yeah. it really didn't make a difference. They were okay. But <laughs> yeah. you just never I know. Know. You were yeah. just happy to be done right. with it. I love Yeah. So, so then you were, uh, or we were in mortgage jail, right? Yeah, three years, basically. Because when you do a short sale, you have to wait, right? Mm-hmm. Three years before you could get another mortgage again. We actually invested before the three years was over, though. Um, I, so we had an opportunity... One of our friends was had, a, had his house... Uh, he had a leak in his pipe, and... It flooded out his bathroom in the basement, and he asked me who I knew. He asked me if I could help him out, and and so we renovated his bathroom. And uh, from that, his father-in-law was the executor of a property, and that kind of that needed a lot of work. It needed a lot and he of. He thought work. of you because he's like, Gary, you're handy. You like to renovate. Would you want this townhome that needs a lot of work? You know, my, the family wants to get rid of it, but you're gonna have to take it as is. Yeah, so like, he gave us the first opportunity to come in, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Jen and I went and looked at the property, and we made an offer. He accepted, and we ended up purchasing that property. With hard money, right? With hard money. Mm-hmm. And basically what hard money is is just uh, somebody or a bank or an institution or like an individual investor who has some cash in his pocket. It lends you money at a at a pretty much an exorbitant rate. But their terms. They yeah. tell you, like, this is going to be the interest rate. You want the money, this is what you're going to have to pay for it. We went into contract with that house without knowing how we were going to finance it. And we just called everybody that we knew, and eventually we found somebody that was willing to do the loan. And the first – the terms of that loan were 12% interest only. <laughs> and we paid 5%, five points on that loan, which is is really high. But it was worth it. So the investor ended up making almost as much money as we, <laughs> we did, did on, yes. on the deal. But – it, but it gave us that confidence because made money. Yeah, we ran the numbers and it made sense. Mm-hmm. Like so, we're like this. So makes that sense. was like the difference. You sat down and you you calculated. Did our due diligence? Right. Yeah. yeah. We knew it would make money, so we went. We went for it, and we. And that the cool thing about that one is that one sold the day we brought Hunter home from the hospital. Mm. We closed on that flip. Awesome. We closed on that flip the day Hunter came home from the hospital, and we were like, "Yay, we have money in our bank account from a flip!" Like, <laughs> and we were still renting. Right. And 
for me, and I'm sure this is because of you, Gary was really big into like listening to podcasts, Bigger Pockets back then we were listening to, mm-hmm. and also books. Gary was like, you have to read Robert Kiyosaki, um, his first book. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, we talk about that one a lot in the mm-hmm. office. Yeah. I, I give it out often. I mean, And I'm, it clicked for me because it's like, you know, poor people buy liabilities and rich people buy assets. Yes. I really thought in that book that he had two dads. Oh, I know you mean, yeah. <laughs> it took me a minute. You thought it was the modern family. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But it's, it's such a great story. Yeah. But it was such a simple principle because at the time, we're renting. Mm-hmm. And then Gary like, all right, well, how are we going to take and maximize every dollar? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's really just being in the right it, – it's talking to as many people as you possibly can and – Sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time, and that's really what what it takes is just create putting yourself in the right opportunities and having as many conversations about what you want to do and what you're looking for as as possible. And I feel like it's mindset, right? Like we got in the right mindset of wanting to do it again. Yeah, talking to people. I mean, we get a lot of phone calls from people looking to purchase properties now that we have a handful of homes in our portfolio, and every time those phone calls come in, I'm like. You know, I'm not selling my house, but <laughs> if you have something else that you want to sell to me, like I'll buy it. I'll yeah. figure it out. We'll we'll make it work. So it's just a matter of um, repositioning it. I used to get angry when those people called, and now I'm like, why am I getting angry? Like these people are doing the same thing that I'm doing, right. and yeah. I should I, make friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just never know when that that person's going to pick up the phone, and and it's going to be uh, an opportunity for you. Do you guys have a goal in mind of like? how diverse your your real estate portfolio like do you want a certain number of like rentals do you have an idea of, like per year ideally how many number of like flips you might want to do <laughs> oh know? i love that yeah. yeah you can go first <laughs> <laughs> i've always said my goal is 100 doors i was gonna say that 100 doors and we had talked about that when we first very first started buying multifamilies uh-huh 100 doors is is the goal it always has been and uh, i feel like we're pretty we're we're off our track but we're getting back there mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of opportunity coming up i really do feel that i would love to own an apartment building mm-hmm. like the, you know i would love to take a c class or b class anybody who doesn't know what that means those are distressed apartment communities and up level it mm-hmm. and kind of renovate it kind yeah. of you would flip right. a house yeah. flip an apartment complex that would be an amazing yeah. goal mm-hmm. But so back to, you know, that first flip that we did on the day that we brought Hunter home from the hospital, Gary and I were like, we're, we have to maximize every dollar. And I'm so happy that we both had that mindset to do that because it took a lot of sacrifice because then we were like, we got to get into multifamily investments, which is then what we did. So the next one we bought was actually the property on 6th Avenue in Neptune. We bought that one. And, and then 7th too. We renovated that one and we we sunk a lot of cash into there We and we moved into that property. And then another home came up on Seventh uh, Avenue, which one block away. <laughs> oh yeah, block yeah, a block up, block <laughs> over. It was a two-family home, and we were just like, "This one makes sense. Well, let's just." It was in disrepair, but if... we'll figure it out. It was fully rented. I I called my mom and asked asked her to borrow money. And uh, we and luckily she loves you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, big shout out to your mom. I know. She's, she's a great. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, she definitely believed in you and your vision. Yeah, she, I mean, it, I think after the first one, she was just like, all right, I'm not going to question what you guys can do anymore. Like, I, I, I believe that the distressed property, if you guys want to keep going for it, fine. Like, it's not my thing, but if you guys mm-hmm. are going to do it. So we actually we cashed out all of Jen's 401k. Mm-hmm. And- not that I have much in there, but <laughs> I remember somebody I worked with, Lawrence, our real estate uh, mentor. In my 20s, was like, put away $100 a month. Like, and who knew that would even amount hmm. to anything? But yeah. from 24 to, yeah, like, yeah. I guess 30 or whatever, oh. I put away 100 a month, which was enough to That's cash out my 401k yeah. to keep investing in real estate. Sure. Yeah. So we were still in short sale jail at that point. We were we? We couldn't finance the property. And what we did was we, again, made all hit all of our contacts up. One of the guys in the real estate office was like, you call this guy, he he lends me money, and he's just a, like, he's just a guy. Private like money a private lender. lender. Private okay. lender. And he's, I don't know how much money he has, but it has, has enough to lend uh-huh. it out to people. And he, um, we gave him 20% down on the purchase of the property. We we bought that one for one eighty nine nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was a two-family home. And a two-family home. <laughs> so 20% down, and it cash flowed. even at, So he gave us, I think it was 12% and mm-hmm. two points is what I paid I forgot that, that we one. did that. So we got creative, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're right. We were in, in a mortgage shell still, but we got creative to make it work. So like we have to make it work. We have to be yeah. creative too. <laughs> I mean, we we it cash flowed maybe like two or three hundred bucks the the entire time we had his loan, and then we eventually were able to refi it to a traditional mortgage. Yeah, and I, I want to say it was at like five and three quarters at that point. The interest rates, which I mean, was was awesome at mm-hmm. the time, and the cash flowed even more. And it went from like. Two hundred dollars to like nine hundred dollars mm-hmm. in one day. It was the difference Amazing. in the cash flow. Yeah. yeah, and then it wasn't interest only either. So we were paying down right. the mortgage on a right. regular basis. I I believe at that point we actually cash. We were able to cash out some. We, no, we maybe just on rate and term at that point. Yeah. I don't think we could do cash out. So we refinanced it, and um, then what did we do? Well, we sold our home on six. Like we've done so many yeah. twists and turns. We because we saw the profit. Danielle was came over, gave us a CMA. And we're like, if we could sell this house that we're living in for right now, make more profit, let's buy another two family. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We sold the, our, our primary residence and right. bought a two family. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's moved amazing. into the downstairs of seventh. We have so many yeah. twists. You talked time. about this on. Yeah, the, another here. episode. Yep, yeah. The Making Moves. Yeah. Uh, it's coming up in a chapter in Magnificently Made. So if you want to hear about all those crazy twists and turns. Yeah. So what would you tell someone who wants to invest in this market? Because we have high interest rates, high home prices. So it's not as easy, Good of question. course, to invest in real estate. So what's your what's your tip? I think it really just depends on each person's individual situation. It's really not as cut and dry as giving them like one tip. Mm-hmm. If you're really young right now and you're looking to purchase a home, I would definitely purchase a two or three yeah. family mm-hmm. home. And a lot of people don't want to become landlords because they hear of all the the, the negative stories. But the reality is, is you don't hear hear all the good stories. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't telling you how they changed their lives. Yeah, yeah my tenants are amazing. Yeah, and they just paid me my rent today. Yeah. They don't tell those stories. Yes, yeah. if you're yeah. vetting them properly, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have too many issues. And that's what you have to do. I mean, knock on wood, we've never <laughs> gone through an eviction no, for we, a, a tenant that we, we put into a property. We inherited one, right? 
that we had to go through court for. And by the way, New Jersey's eviction process is very long, so it's not something you ever want to be in. Yeah, right. So you have to protect yourself up front and know mm-hmm. who you are renting your homes to. So, so like doing the due diligence and the background checks. Yeah, and, and that's why credit. it's so important as an investor to connect with you know a real estate professional to help you out with renting mm-hmm. a home or buying a home because you do want to connect yourself to the people who know how to help protect you and you know put those things in place for you. And it, it helped that Gary and I obviously were in real estate, right? But um, we had to be really practical and you know make sure we used all of our knowledge. So right. So yeah. So if for an, a young investor or somebody looking to, to purchase a home, a two-family home is a really great way to, yeah. to get into it. What a lot of people don't tell you is that you can actually purchase a, a home that's a little bit more expensive because you can use seventy-five percent of the income of the other property, the other of the, unit, of the other unit that you're not living in, to help you qualify for the mortgage. So if you're approved, let's say for a single-family home for four hundred, you may be approved for a two-family up to six or something. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I actually just had my my uh, dad down in Florida did the same thing. He sold oh, his patio cool. home in in Florida, and he bought a two family home, which down was there. much more expensive than much more expensive. But he cashed out on one. He was able to That's stick great. a bunch of money in the bank. Nice. He put twenty percent down on the on the property, Got and his it. liability is is a lot less than what he was paying on the on his uh, condo. Or yeah, his monthly home. expenses wow. now are down. That's great, even with buying a more expensive right. home because he was able to rent yeah, it. Right. Yeah. And then something many people don't know is that if you're living in the property, you do not have to put down 25% that you would traditionally have to put down. As an investment property. As an investment property. So that's a nice way around things if you don't have a lot of cash. Totally. And that's Gary and I. So when we sold that house on six, we bought another two family as a primary. Right. And we did end up living there in a 600 square foot apartment. And we've sacrificed. I mean, but these are the things that you'd have to do if Mm -hmm. that's really your goal. Mm -hmm. Right. Unless you have that money. one with three and a half percent down yeah. FHA, yeah, and they actually amazing. gave us a seller's concession on that one as well. Yeah. Wow! And being that you're real, real estate agents, you made a commission on. So didn't you end up making money off the purchase of that? I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty much. I think yeah. that's what it was. Almost yeah. Paid us to, exactly. Yeah, to you got paid to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've gotten creative over the years too. So then we would do Airbnb. So the one property we did end up Airbnb for a while, and that was fun. And then we love Florida, so we ended up being like, how can we make Florida investment work. Mm-hmm. So if you want something, you just have to think about it in terms of how will this work for us? Right. How can we keep going to Florida but make it work? So we're like, let's buy an investment property. Yeah. Another big thing Gary and I are proponents on is partnering. Like we've mm-hmm. partnered with you, Danielle. We're yep. partnering with you, Sue. Like yep. we are really big. We partnered with our friend to buy Florida. Like we are big yeah. on working with other people to make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that and we're so grateful. Like your mom, like <laughs> <laughs> right. all, all of our partners, so grateful mm-hmm. to have them. It definitely helps out. Uh, I mean, so really looking at the deal and if you have a good deal, there's a plenty, a, a number of people that are going to do it with you mm-hmm. as long as the numbers make sense. Yeah. So I wouldn't let anything like ever stop you from, from investing in it. I mean, yeah, like a young person, uh, you helped out a client that Gary knew too. They were a group of friends, mm-hmm. right, who bought a multifamily. Yep. So they partnered, these yep. young you know kids, I call them, That's they're in their great. 20s. Right. And they so smart. Yeah. So if you are young and want to buy something, maybe you do have a like-minded friend yeah. or somebody who would invest with you. If I could do it all over again, I would have bought oh, a multifamily same. first. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love my house. <laughs> thankfully, but you know, and that's yeah. why I tell any anybody. Like I've been trying to tell my nephew, you know, graduate college, please mm-hmm. get a two-family. Yeah. Know, get started. But that's such a good way to start your real estate journey. Whether you're investing. You want to get into real estate. But I think the big theme I hear for you guys is that 
you're like you're willing to to take the risk. You know, mm-hmm. you like you you believe in yourselves enough that you're willing to do like what most people to jump off to do cliff. what most yeah. people won't want to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's reaped like major reward, you know, especially even after, you know, people's biggest fear is that the investment's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Did it ruin our life? No, thank God it didn't. Right. We right. were okay. You know, yes, yeah. you may have a bad investment. It's going to hurt. Yes, right. but you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. Right. You can lick your wounds. You'll be fine. And thank God we were fine. We were, it was fine. So at this time, what, tell us, all right, so you have your primary residence, which what, by the way was is an at a level oh, situation, yeah. right? We bought a cape. <laughs> cape to Colonial. And we had a vision to completely transform it, and we literally pretty much took it down, and uh, we made a Colonial. Yeah, so we took that one down to three walls, and we based, we really built the whole house. And, I mean, we consulted with other people to, like, mentor on, a, on that property as well. So, I mean, we use our resources for every little, little bit along the way. I mean, you're going to find people that are, are going to – really be advocates for you as your journey, no matter really, no matter what you're doing. And it doesn't always have to be like a family member. It could be a friend. It could be another investor. And networking is big. So Gary would, mm-hmm. is good at networking. You would go to networking events. And this is how you've met other people who listening to bigger pockets. You met Gabe De Silva, who does add a level, mm-hmm. went on his bus tour, became friends yep. with him. So it's all about like, you know, surrounding yourself with good information content and then going to networking events, meeting other like-minded people, mm-hmm. ma- making connections mm-hmm. and then partnering up. Yeah. I mean, contractors will help you out with different things. Mm-hmm. We have uh, one guy that we really trust, Bruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, if I have a question, he's not really working right now. So, I mean, he'll he'll answer questions and kind of guide me through it. But he he's like, he has a, he cares about us and really has an interest in what we're, we're doing and sees sees like our big goal and, mm-hmm. and really is enjoying watching our, our journey as well. Yeah, he saw us from that little <laughs> dumpy house on six that we transformed to this new yeah i got him moved in. from um from ben actually. yes so who's he another was builder from another builder yeah he was like call this guy yeah. yeah and um and we've done a bunch of stuff so yeah so we have that we have a commercial building that we own for all two families yeah florida but we, you know so we've diversified the investment sometimes yeah. it's not always going to be the same pattern that's going right. to we were really big into burr yeah burr is buy renovate refinance repeat so for a while there, we were just like, let's buy a distressed home, let's renovate it, let's refinance, get most of our money back, and then repeat. But the market shifted, so that's mm-hmm. not always going to work. Right. So then we had to <laughs> – but we've since then have diversified into buying an Airbnb, into buying commercial, right. into doing an at a level. Yeah. We're like, how else can we – you know, make the money work. We've left money in probably most of them, but we have gotten a lot of our money back out and we've kind of recycled a lot of the same cash over and over again. Velocity of money. Mm -hmm. We're in the process of doing that right now. I mean, we built our home and it's worth significantly more than what we worked into it totally for. We're not able to pull all of our money back out, but we're going to get a significant chunk of our investment of the money that we put put into the property back out of the property and we're going to have a beautiful home to live in, and we're able to basically put that into the next property. And for us, it's just keep thinking about, like, the velocity of money. Yeah. How do we take this dollar and compound it to become 10, right. 100? How do we think smarter like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, making your money make you more money, mm-hmm. right? And so for people who don't really know what that means, that's 
they're doing a cash out refinance. Mm-hmm. So they're pulling out the, some of the equity that they have in their property. Exactly. So if you bought a home for 200, renovated it, cause, you know, from your own pocket with, you know, 75,000, but now because you renovated it, it's now worth 350, you're able to pull out 75, 75%, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the Burr method, but the rates have gone up. So you have to be careful. Like Burr's yeah. not always going to work, but that was one method that was really good to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like a favorite child? <laughs> a favorite house? Oh. A favorite investment property. Good question. <laughs> your least, I love your Riverview property. Oh. <laughs> My favorite right now is our new house. I'm yeah, really, I'm yeah. loving it. But would you have a favorite? Probably seventh. Oh. Uh-huh. It makes the most money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that good one. That makes sense. And I mean, we're probably, even our rents on that one are probably low. really low compared to what the market yeah. is now. It's gone up so much. Yeah. But, I mean, our mortgage is nothing over there. And this is what happens when you own real estate. So, like, we bought, like, sorry to jump to another property, but Riverview is a home we own in West Belmar, Wall Township. When we bought it, the numbers didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. They didn't, right? Like the rent downstairs was really low. Upstairs wasn't rented. So anybody who was a pure investor was looking at the cap rate that wasn't there. So I think that's why other investors passed it. But Gary and I were like, well, if we buy it, we can probably renovate. We could live in one unit, maybe raise the rent. We saw like you have to like look at things differently. Mm-hmm. And now, gosh, we just rented it. And uh, the prices that we're renting for are something we never even dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And we're, So it's, real estate is also holding long-term game and having a vision you know, thinking ahead. Right. And I think if you, obviously it's easier for us in real estate because we know people, we have past clients, et cetera. But if you can find a property off market that's not listed, Mm -hmm. that's always huge too. Yeah. Right? Yes. Exactly. That's how it helps with networking. Yeah. Networking with people, networking with agents, friends, you know, Mm -hmm. just finding out who is going to sell. Maybe there's somebody who has the aunt or a friend who has to, a distressed home that they're like, will you take, Gary and I have taken homes that we have had to have like literally six dumpsters, <laughs> trucks of emptying out. Yeah. We're like, we'll just take it. Don't yeah. move the thing. We'll take it the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you have to do sometimes to make the deal work. Right. So people just want to get rid of their house. They I want to walk away. deal with mm-hmm. having showings and you're almost doing them a favor. I'll if take I just, it off your hands. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to do a thing. We'll take it. Yeah. And another thing that I, I love, we read a Zillow book years ago about investing in real estate, mm-hmm. and it said invest in the fringe. So a lot of people want to mm-hmm. go to the hot zone. And hot zone's important, but a lot of people are in that hot zone. But if you go to the neighborhoods right outside, and that's what we've done with Neptune. Mm-hmm. We invested in Neptune back in, like, 2015. We also couldn't afford the hot zone. Yeah, <laughs> this is true facts. We wanted the hot zone, hot zone. Yeah, was it going to happen? Hot zone didn't want you. Yeah, <laughs> but if you invest in the fringe, you know you're. It's going to bleed through. Yeah, and it has. Yeah, you have to have vision. Has. Vision and you know patience. A hundred percent patience because things weren't always going to turn over so quick. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, you have to have a long term game. And I think, like, so obviously we're in this market. Yes, will I invest in other markets? Sure. But you have to also know your numbers. So, like, yeah. in bigger pockets, they'll talk about what's the job growth? What's, you know, the median house price? What's the median income? Mm-hmm. And these are things you want to know if you are going to invest in other places. Right. Like, yeah. look, what's happening there? Like, here in our area, there is job growth. Like, there mm-hmm. is a lot. We're next to New York City. You know, Fort Monmouth is being redeveloped. There's a lot happening in this zone. And it's important to know those things, mm-hmm. like the economics right. of it. Right, right. It's terrible here. Don't buy. <laughs> Competition. No. <laughs> um, I have a friend who is investing in, I guess there's like a place in Pennsylvania. They're building a lot more storage facilities and stuff like that. So they, there's grab 
job growth starting to happen there and like starting to buy, I can't talk today, <laughs> starting to buy multifamilies there and everything. Awesome. And I think that's pretty extraordinary. I, personally, I feel a little nervous about investing, I guess, outside of the state where I can't keep an eye on stuff so mm-hmm. much. But that goes back to like, you have to have the confidence. Like, yeah. just go for it, you know, but you like, you know, so don't be afraid too to look outside of your area because mm-hmm. I, I actually know someone too who's investing in Georgia, but they that's live awesome. in Manhattan, you know, and if it makes sense. And right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Just make sure you do your due diligence. So you're not going in it blind. But if you do do your due diligence and it makes sense, don't be scared. Right. There's another good bigger pockets book on that one. It's a long distance investing. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And it talks about David Green. David Green. Yeah. yeah. And it, it really just talks about having your team in place and being able to trust those people. So it really just depends like if the person that you're – I'm assuming that the, the person investing in Georgia has somebody else that they're investing in their right. deal for. You need to know that that person knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. If they don't know what they're talking about, they're not somebody you want to invest with. Mm-hmm. So it's really just finding those people that are the expert in that area and have the team in place that are going to make sure that that deal goes from – a to Z in the right time frame or do exactly what they're going to say they do. With those bigger deals, they they send you prospectus and decks to Yeah, because I mean, if you want, people it. can put money into big projects. Yeah. Like maybe you mm-hmm. don't know what, but you can put a portion into like a, a bigger project and get a return. Right. But you should also like know. Return. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you should, you know, do some research too. Right. Like does this storage unit in this area make yeah. sense? So. Yeah. So what you're sorry. So what I hear for that, and then what I hear for for us here, <laughs> is you have to have the right team in place. Yeah. Very, very important. Yep. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Absolutely. And I guess any other tips, Gary, that you would have for anybody who's investing or what you've learned, lessons? I mean, really, you just have to do it. A lot of people talk about investing and mm-hmm. they're just not. They sit on the fence. They sit on the fence. They sit on the fence. Like right now you're seeing people, they're like, oh, we're going to wait until the interest rates come down or the market's going to crash. Well, those it people are just yeah. never going to invest. Don't listen to them. They're they're not the expert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what do they do? Well, mean, investors I, are still investing right now. Yeah. Just yeah. enough. And what does Warren Buffett say? He said, uh, "What does he say? What? Be <laughs> greedy. I'm gonna be say? greedy when others are fearful, and be fearful when others are greedy." There you go. Okay, that's a good one. That's yeah. a really good quote. Yeah. One that I mess up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? People are fearful, and this is when people can take over and mm-hmm. seize opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the next six months are going to be a little rocky in the real estate industry, and it really is going to be an opportunity for people to purchase homes because nobody else is doing it. The interest Mm -hmm. rates are are through the roof. People are worried about the house prices coming down, but supply and demand really dictates otherwise. So I, I do think that the market's going to pick up. It's just, And if you have inventory that you're putting on the market, so if you're flipping a house, it is a good time to, to sell those because there's no inventory mm-hmm. and people want move-in ready. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a, a huge demand for that. I know. It's and obviously, yeah. And obviously Gary and I would tell people too, buy the ugly house. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ugly houses have paid us really well. It's- We've exclusively bought distressed real estate. Yeah. We do not buy anything yeah. that's pretty much turnkey. Florida was probably the most turnkey property but we still that put we purchased. Pool but- in it, yeah. But that I feel like those are that's better to do it because then you're you're forcing the equity you're adding because if you're buying something that's renovated you're buying it already at top dollar right. But if right. you could buy something undervalued that needs work, it's not going to be fun doing it. But <laughs> once you do it, <laughs> right. you'll be happy yeah. you did it. Yeah. Right. So. Right. 
And at the end of the day, I mean, if you're even if you're just buying a property for yourself and your family to live in, if you buy a distressed home, you get to do it, and it's exactly with what you, what you mm-hmm. want at the end of the day, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to renovate it. You don't have to worry about it. It's mm-hmm. done. There's no you're not worrying when's this gonna go, when's that gonna go. And you have instant equity. Mm-hmm. Instant right. equity, and then you know everything about the house right. also. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because my parents bought a house that Gary and I renovated. I let's I, hope I can't I know. get over that part. And it's funny because uh, so we bought this house back in 2016. We sold it in 2018. And that's when we bought the two family. And the, another you know couple had owned it. And then my parents just bought it last year in 2022. But Gary and I are like, oh, we redid the plumbing. We redid the electrical. So we you're, like, you're, well, it's good you're about it. able yeah. to tell your parents. Yeah. Right? But exactly. even still things have gone wrong. And uh, we, we're like, yeah, you should do this because this, this is what was happening when we were here. And we didn't right. get to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. But it is funny, right? Like when you get to do a project like yeah. that, how intimate you get to know the house. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. But we love real estate. We love real estate investing. So obviously, if you guys have questions for our team, Gary, myself, Sue, Danielle, make sure you reach out to us. Gary, where can people find you? I am, oh man. You're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I am Investor Data. Um, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, I'm G, at G Moss. M-A-W-S. Facebook? Facebook. I'm not really there, but I'm not. (laughs) More Instagram and TikTok, I guess you're right. Or Jersey Property Group on Facebook. Yep. Yes, we work with Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. I don't think we mentioned. Yeah, that. so we all work together. We all work together. Gear Bear. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on today yeah, yeah, and your support for, for our podcast. We mm-hmm. appreciate it. Oh, of course, I yeah. think you guys are doing a great job. So keep it up and keep rolling. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. We love investing in real estate, so definitely <laughs> reach out if you have questions. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thanks for Bye. listening.